Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Kobe. We'll float in Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, Spawn. But I didn't make my I didn't make I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. What's going on? We're here roll uh, rolling up podcast. That'd be something different. The posting up podcast is back here on Saturday. Uh, we have a different different look today. Uh, Jace, our producer, joins us on the show here, and uh, Justin D'Onofrio joins us too. Uh, Isaiah couldn't be with us today as usual on Saturdays, and Sean was having some technical difficulties, so he could also not be with us. But nevertheless, we're here. Uh, like we are every Saturday. Um, and let's get right into it. Um, guys, I know there's a lot of trade talks surrounding Ben Simmons in Philadelphia uh, before the Nets pulled the trigger on James Harden. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Sixers keeping Ben Simmons, especially the fact that they've been winning lately. They just are coming off two straight wins against the Celtics. Uh, they're sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference again, just like they have most of the season. Joel Embiid's playing good. Ben Simmons still leaves a lot to be desired scoring-wise, but he's doing his job defensively, and he's making plays as well. So, Justin, I wanted to start with you. Do you think the Sixers made a good choice uh, not pulling the trigger on the James Harden trade? Um, for me, I think for, um, I think for right now what they had to give up, I think – they're okay. The problem is though, the only, you know, um, well, no negative to this is that, but you know, in the NBA nowadays, you need like that elite three point score, and James Harden would have been that, you know, because your best player, you know, Steve Versa reminds me of this on the, uh, uh, on our show, with with Sports Talks R and J that your center can't be your best player in the NBA anymore and have a chance to win. So I think you add a guy like James Harden, I think it definitely bumps bumps up your title hopes. But you know, I, you know, and with the new ownership, with the Moni's Moni's there, um, I think it would have probably been the best move for the Sixers. But again, you would have gave up so much that Sixers have a good kind of depth. But you know, for me, it goes both ways. But I, I you know, I, I would say that the Sixers should have pulled for James Harden. Jace, um, I wanted to get your thoughts. <clears throat> the Sixers obviously um, 
obviously they kept Ben Simmons. Obviously, like like Justin just said, the three point shooting is a problem for them. Although they do have some depth pieces who can hit threes. And the Sixers compete in this Eastern Conference, or are they still one piece away? Um, I, I think if they do have their guys take that next step, they can compete uh, with the Nets, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But, I mean, Tobias Harris has shown glimpses. He needs to step up big. Ben Simmons with his scoring and shooting, he needs to bring that up more. Uh, I mean, Seth Curry's been playing really great. Sha- Shake Milton's been playing really great. Joel Embiid has been showing up. If he can stay healthy, uh, this team is really good. But they need guys to step up. They they need uh, they they have a lot of depth. They have to utilize it. And if they can, which I think they they've shown the in their success, that's what they need. So I, I like what the Sixers are doing right now. I mean, 11-5, and five, that's a solid start. First in their uh, division. So I, I like where the Sixers are going right now. They need to stay healthy and continue the success. Yeah, I think if the Sixers can stay healthy, um, right, and Sean says it best right there, uh, they're off to a great start. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, I think that. As things are going right now, they look pretty good. But down the road, I could see them adding another bench piece and a sharpshooter. I think the biggest mistake the Sixers ever made, I think I brought this up on Tuesday, was letting J.J. Redick walk. And that's something they've really missed over these past the course of these past three years. And when they had the most playoff successes and they had J.J. Redick uh, shooting the three ball for them. So that hurts a lot. I think J.J. Redick is... Someone we should look into again, but I, I don't think that's realistic at all. Um, which sucks because watching this team, I know what Ben Simmons is capable of. I know Steve uh, last week was saying 12 and a half points for a number one pick isn't good enough. I have confidence that that scoring margin will go up. Uh, and you know, when you have Joel Embiid having these monster games scoring 38, 40, 45 points, you don't need Ben Simmons to score more than 12, but. At the same time, it would be nice to have a little more scoring out of Ben Simmons, have a little more shooting depth off the bench, even in the starting lineup. Tobias Harris really can't be that go-to three-point shooter. He's not consistent enough. So the Sixers definitely have some room for improvement here early on in the season, and uh, I'm glad we could talk about that because it's been it's been eating me up. <laughs> um so we'll get into our first game break of the day here, uh, but we'll bring you guys a message from Clovercrest first. Looking for a casual, looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB, and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. So, Chase, this is usually the part of the show where we get into some marquee matchups. But before we do that, I wanted to get your thoughts on some some things that went down (laughs) involving your Utah Jazz and their star player, Donovan Mitchell. The other night, uh, the yeah, let's take a look at it. Uh, 
Uh, I don't think there's any audio on that video, but what's going on in this video? Shaq's basically telling Donovan Mitchell that he doesn't think he has what it takes to become a star player in this league. And uh, to his face, Shaq made it clear that he wanted to tell Donovan to his face. Tonight, part of this is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I want you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? Uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you see, Donovan Mitchell, nothing else but just an I uh chase was this necessary by Shaq and how do you think Donovan Mitchell really took this because it definitely just wasn't I uh Jace you're muted so I think Shaq Shaq does always do this he uh he usually does it with like a Shaqton award that we saw with JaVale McGee and a little bit with James Harden LeBron he gets these people going, and they have shown to step up. I mean, uh, and I, I think Donovan Mitchell has shown he needs to step up. He does make, need to make that next step to be considered. Like, I, I, I personally, at, with a lot of bias as a Jazz fan, uh, I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. I think he's the best guard in the NBA right now, but he to see that – to put that in everyone else's eyes, he needs to make a bigger step, and they need to start winning games. He needs to make his candidacy for MVP because he's that good. And I, I get a little bit where Shaq's coming from, but also, I mean, he, he's got a – Donovan Mitchell does have to make that next step. He's young, but he does have to turn it around. And we've seen, like, him against Jamal Murray in the bubble. That was sick. He needs to keep that up. And if he can play like that all throughout the, his time there, he will prove Shaq wrong. You know, Mitchell carries a lot of weight for this Jazz team. Uh, I think he really is the sole star. Uh, Rudy Gobert obviously <clears throat> is a defensive monster, and he gets paid $200 million plus over the course of however many years that contract was for. Um, but I don't think he is the – how do I say conventional number two on a team that ha that should have championship aspirations? So, Justin, I wanted to get your thoughts on: um, Is Donovan Mitchell really the? Does he have what it takes to carry this team as the as the as an All NBA caliber star, or does he kind of need uh, uh, someone who can really be a, a scoring duo with him there in Utah for the, Utah to make any noise? I think he's going to need another partner with them because in this Western conference, you're going to have to go up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, you know, Luka Doncic and Kristen Porzingis, you know, Kawhi and Paul George and so on in the Western conference. So, you know, all the best teams in the West have that star duo and he doesn't have it. And he's a really, really good player. I love watching Donovan Mitchell play, but he's not good enough by himself to put the Utah Jazz into the NBA finals on his back just with how deep the Western Conference is, he definitely needs another star. Um, you know, Gobert is such a great rebounder. He you know, scores uh, around 15 points a game, but they definitely need another guy, another shooter that could, you know, either trade or, you know, trade or somebody just step up and hits, you know, and be that kind of spark plug that 
you know, the Jazz need, but getting another star player would definitely benefit John Mitchell. Jace, uh, you're probably thinking about this all the time. If there was a, a player to come in and give Donovan Mitchell some help, especially on the offensive end, who would you want that player to be? Um, I don't know. Right now on the team, I think it, you need like a Joe Ingles to really step up and be that three-point shooter that he is. If he can step up, start draining some threes, help help out uh, Donovan Mitchell a little bit on that perimeter. I, I think they, they are a really solid team because defensively, Connolly and Gobert are solid. They are stout, and, and they are really good defensively, so they can slow teams down. But uh, they just – Donovan Mitchell himself can't keep up with uh, the, the best in the West. Um, so the, he, he does need more scoring. Whether that is they make a big move, which I'll, I'll talk about it, it, when we get into our fantasy GM thing. But uh, they can make a big move to help uh, – Mitchell out, but I think as it stands right now, a guy like Ingles, they need a better perimeter scorer right now. Yes, I agree. They they do need some players internally to step up. Um, so coming up this weekend for games uh, tonight, we got the Heat versus the Nets at eight o'clock on NBA TV. Uh, then Sunday we got Raptors, Pacers, and Hawks, Bucks, both on NBA TV, and then the Heat and the Nets, the Timberwolves, and the Warriors coming up on Sunday <coughs> or Monday, excuse me. Uh, game I kind of wanted to focus in on here, really the only one here that's catching my attention, to be honest, is the um, the Heat versus the Nets, both on Saturday and on Sunday. Um, Justin, how big are these? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. How big are these two games for the Nets coming off of those horrendous losses to Cleveland two games in a row? I think, you know, it's big. Now that we're seeing a couple more games here that the Nets kind of gel, you know, Durant should be back tonight. Um, But for this Nets team, you're going up against a really solid, you know, I can't wait to see this Miami defense go up against this broken offense. I, I, you know, I love Eric Spolzner and the, and the heat organization and everything they do. So I'm, I'm excited to see how the Nets do against this defense. The, you know, the Nets are going to score 120, you know, 100, you know, we're, yeah, 120 night against anybody. Um, can they get stops too is the other question. I think it's kind of a big series here against the Heat team that's, you know, starting to get it going here. Ace, you got any thoughts on this matchup? Do you think the Nets have anything in particular they need to really work on? Uh, I mean, it's uh... – they just need more reps with each other. They, they just need to stay healthy, get the reps, all three of them on the floor, um, get as much game time experience, those three, the big three they have together. And uh, they should be all set. I, I do uh, – I like what I'm seeing. I Obviously, this Cavs was a, a little bit of a struggle. It shows how uh, much how much they struggle on the defensive end. So they need their lower guy, like a revenge game for Jared Allen. He came out swinging. When DeAndre Jordan, he was, he he just laid down and died to Jared Allen. I was gonna say. So this kind of takes us into our uh, our so transitions perfectly into our second topic is 
is the Nets are the Nets in trouble? Do they have some figuring out to do? Obviously, two losses to a team that is very young in this Eastern Conference and have two players that the um the Nets did trade to Cleveland as a part of that James Harden blockbuster. Uh Colin Sexton in that first game especially went off. I mean, that was ridiculous. But Jace, on Tuesday, you remember me saying that I was worried about Kyrie coming in and kind of shaking up the whole Durant Harden um chemistry. Have you seen any of that so far? Do you think this is just actually them just trying to shake off the rust? No, uh, I I just think they're trying to shake off the rust. Still early in the season, like I said, uh, they, they, they need those reps together. They need to build on that uh, in-game chemistry because uh, it still is lacking compared to uh, guys – uh, compared to like the best of the best, like if they play Boston right now, they, they'd struggle, I think. But uh, once that gets going later down in the season, and I mean, boy, dude, Colin Sexton, he just took over, started lighting. Like you, you can't account for that stuff. But so they showed how much perimeter defense they need. And a guy like Karis LeVert was that guy. Like he gave them that. And it showed that was lacking. Yeah, that's something that um, Isaiah, or I can't remember if it was Isaiah or Sean, had brought up on Tuesday. This Nets defense is atrocious. Um, something they're going to deal with a lot is their opponents scoring a lot of points. And they're going to find themselves having to outscore uh, the other team a majority of the time. Uh, Justin, is the defense for the Nets – a long-term problem or do you think that their their offense is really just that good that that it doesn't matter um i i think for now their offense is just that good where they could you know they can give up 125 points and probably still win the majority of their games um just you know and because of their defense i you know jared allen crystal vert you know were solid and now you add a guy like james harden who you know, his reputation is he's not the greatest, you know, um, defensive player in the world. So, yeah, you know, it's a problem, especially if you, you know, in the playoffs. I know it starts to get better by then. Then, You know, teams start to play more defense then. But, you know, I, I, I wonder if it's something where they just, you know, their mindset is, okay, we're going to be out, be able to outscore whoever we want, whatever night it is. But again, I'm I'm concerned. They gave up 134 points the last two nights or two games in Cleveland. You know, I know Cleveland is heavy front court, but still that can't happen, especially in this day in the NBA where there's teams taking a lot more threes than ever. That can't happen. Yeah, no, the defense certainly is an issue. Uh, you know, right now while everyone's kind of fresh, it's not so much of an issue, and um, as it can be down the road. Uh, obviously, one injury, especially to James Harden or Kevin Durant, could uh, derail this team severely, especially on the offensive end. And then they'll find themselves in some real trouble where they're giving up the same amount of points, but they can't get the same kind of scoring output. I think Kevin Durant, if the Nets can can hold on and clinch a number one seed in the East, I think Kevin Durant can be the MVP of this league easily. 
Um, he's been so fantastic, and I, I I just hope hope they can they can kind of string this together because not for I mean I don't hope I I hope that fails as a Sixers fan I, I surely hope it fails but for the sake of for the sake of the Nets uh, front office and James Harden himself forcing himself out of Houston I um I think they need to kind of get this together because I think it's championship or bust for them. Yeah, I like what Sean said here. I mean, yeah, they, no. they do need a rim protector. Yeah, they get embarrassed in the paint. Look what – I mean, Jordan isn't what he was in, in L.A., DeAndre Jordan. And, uh, I mean, we saw Drummond and Jared Allen just eat him alive. He eat, eat the Nets alive. And uh, I, I don't know uh, – they need another big guy. Who was it? Like I think it was like Perry or something that got dunked on. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> they, they, they need to make a big deal. They need a they need a big guy. I know it's a guard dominant league or whatever that means, but you need a you need a solid big guy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off there, Justin. Go ahead. No, no, no problem. Um, they they do because Reggie Perry's a rookie. He's from Mississippi State. He's a rookie, and he's raw. He he's not ready for this. Um, he's not ready yet for the NBA. He still's got some development to do. I know you know the Cavs wanted Jared Allen that deal, but it was something I don't think they should have done because they definitely need that rim protector. And then you know, and then also too, Mark D'Antonio. He's not. He's more um, known for his offensive coaching skills, not his defense, not defensive wise either. So you know, there's another good concern for me but yeah they, they definitely do need another rim protector because if, if teams just keep getting the paint on them so easily or if a guy does get by their man it's going to be a layup every time they don't have that guy no yeah they, they definitely need to stir some things up here uh by come trade deadline time and either search in the free agency realm or trade for a rim protector because this is not going to fly for long. I mean, teams are going to just start figuring out that they can feed the paint and dominate them. So especially teams like Philly and um, Philly and Miami with those two dominant bigs down there. Uh, So with that being said, we'll get into our top 10 reel brought to you by our very own Isaiah right after a message from Clovercrest Mia. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. So here we go. Isaiah brings us these uh, great top 10 reels every week, so let's get into it. Uh, number 10, we got some Mavericks action. Luka Doncic is going to zip a pass into Kristaps uh, Porzingis for the dunk. Kristaps Porzingis has looked good since coming back. I'm glad to see he's recovering well. Number nine. Oh, and Draymond. Draymond Beautiful pass. I was going to say, Draymond couldn't have had a more open shot, so I'm glad he hit it, made the highlight complete. <laughs> Showing a little bit of that third splash brother at brother action. Right. Oh, and beautiful. 
Don, the D&D connection, Donovan <laughs> to Derek, Donovan Mitchell to Derek Favors. Let's go. Got some Sixers oh. action. Look at that. Matisse Thibault, that's what he's known for. Defense, 3 and D kind of guy. 3 hasn't really been there, but the D sure has. He's a fantastic defender. I love that guy. Oh. And Colby White's a beast. And then, of course, Air Levine. Levine's so good. Oh, he's been so solid this year. Oh, you making that Ben Simmons does. And what a, I wasn't, I was watching this game live. I was like, did Furcon just come out with a reverse dunk in transition? That was insane. Yeah, that was solid. Apparently, he won a bunch of dunk contests overseas. Boom. Oh. Anthony Edwards laying down the hammer. He's got to do more of that. He's Dude, kind of a that could be a dunk contest. That's a dunk contest winner guy and then does nothing ever again. <laughs> Boom. That's a big dunk. You know, it's nice that, that the Timberwolves are making all these highlights, but uh, they're sitting at the bottom of the league right now, so that's not really you're only as good as oh, – and this is just like oh, – yeah, yeah, That's yeah. too easy, bro. He makes it look too easy to get that high. Just and our play. number one play, Jared Allen. That guy. Dunking the redemption on his, jam. On his former teammate, Joe Harris, nonetheless. So that has to be a good feeling, dumping, dumping dunking on your former teammate. Um. So thank you to Isaiah again for that wonderful top ten reel. It's, it's, it's upsetting that he's never here when we uh, watch it because I just want to I want to thank him to his face. <laughs> but yeah, man, he does a lot of hard work for us behind the scenes, uh, not only on the screen. So I thank him for that. Um, and with that, we'll get into our last topic here. Uh, we've been kind of doing these past couple shows something fun at the end here, and uh, I wanted to do that again. So I came up with this idea of uh all of us will kind of turn into a fantasy gm type of thing we'll take over a team we'll make a free agent signing two trades and a coaching staff change so jace why don't you hit us first tell us your team what moves are you making and and is this is are you gonna make a championship team out of your team oh for sure i i got big moves planned for my utah jazz I, I, originally i was gonna do the celtics but justin said he was that because I'm wearing a Bruins because they're playing later today, but uh, for the Jazz, you, you want to keep Donovan Mitchell, and we're gonna add in a three point shooter with Kyle Corver as the free agent signing oh, right okay. now. Come in, get those buckets off the bench. We're gonna keep, we're gonna package Ingles with a Either a favors, but now nah, we'll, we'll go Mike Conley, ship him down south to the Spurs for DeRozan and Aldridge, and then ship Gobert to Portland for Dame Lillard. Oh, and we got a super team in Utah, Dame Lillard. Went to Utah just up the highway from Salt Lake at Weber State. I was going to say, uh, good thing we're using the word uh, fantasy because I don't think – Yes, yeah, sir. 
I don't think the Trailblazers would ever give up Dame Lillard, but that's the fun part of this. Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard would be dangerous. I'll tell you that right now. Or even maybe uh, not even like a Lillard, maybe like a McCall. Hey, even that. Donovan Mitchell can run the one. Yeah. It. Uh, Justin, what moves are you making for uh, for Boston? So I did, for me, for the Celtics, I did two trades. Um, number one, they need, a, they need a big guy. We saw Bam Adebayo absolutely destroy them last year in the Eastern Conference um, Finals. I say bring in um, another former UConn star with Kemba, Andre Drummond. Um, they kind of, yeah, he's I love that. Yeah, I I would love to see the UConn connection there. That that'd be great. Um, but I I think for Drummond, you're gonna you know give up a uh, a first day. He's expiring free agent at the end of the year, so and, you know giving up like a first round pick for him. Um, you know they need another guard. I know, you know maybe like a Romeo Langford type guy. Um, and you know giving up like a Robert Williams maybe. Um, Something like that, yeah, and maybe like a you know draft pick later down the road, um, and then another guy taken from my Sacramento Kings. They need another uh, guy coming off the bench and being a three point shooter, and that's Buddy Heald. Um, he's not too happy there in Sacramento. It's probably time to move on. I, I think the Celtics would be a great fit for him, um, and, and they need to kind of have a guy late too that can close out a game for him. Buddy can hit a couple threes late in the game to help them out in that. So, you know, I think for the, you know, given the Kings another first round pick, um, you know, like in 2022 or something, I wouldn't. And then um, as a King, I, I wouldn't mind your, I, um, I would kind of like Aaron. I know he hasn't played well, but I would take, you know, Aaron Naismith from the Kings or ship him to the Kings and um, be like a Carson Edwards, something like that. Like, cause I don't think he's, Buddy's stock is that high right now, but something like that, I, I think the Kings would accept for. Good. That, those are some good moves for the Celtics, especially the big man. They need they need that Andre Drummond move more than yeah, you could ever know, more than you could ever know it. That, I, I would love that'd be awesome if Drummond came to Boston. That'd be sick. Um, so I guess it's my turn, and I obviously chose my 76ers. Uh, <clears throat> not much out there for free agency right now, so I kind of uh, I went the route of Gerald Green. He's old, but uh, he brings that veteran leadership. I don't know how many minutes he'd get off our bench, but he's a good three-point shooter. He can come in. He plays a good role. You know, I feel like he'd be happy just being that veteran presence in the locker room. And then the two trades... <clears throat> I'd like to see. Oh, boy, these are big ones. <clears throat> I don't know who we'd have to trade. I didn't think that far into it, but let's just say I'd be willing to give up give up a lot for these guys. Uh, Derek Rose, bringing in Derek Rose uh, to come off our bench and ignite our scoring. I think he's an easy six-man-of-the-year candidate any given year. He's kind of started cold this year, but I like Derek Rose as a player. I think he's very gritty. He's very determined. I think coming off the bench, I think he'd fit well into the kind of uh, whole Philadelphia philosophy. <clears throat> and um, the second player would be that star that would be kind of hard to acquire. I don't know what we'd have to give up for this guy, but I think I'd have this guy over James Harden any day. I'd, uh, Mr. Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards. 
Uh, obviously, the Wizards have been struggling early on. Rustbrook and Beal aren't clicking at all. So maybe you give up some draft picks. Maybe you give up some young talent. Possibly Ben Simmons, but I'm not sure about that. But I'd like to see Bradley Beal in a, in a Sixers uniform. Lighten it up from downtown because I think that's the that's the kind of player we need is a Bradley Beal. Yeah, Bradley Beal, I think, be a terrific um, trade trade going to the 76ers. I that definitely ignite ignite the Sixers. Definitely that three point shoot and that they need desperately need right now. Yeah, I mean, or the Sixers themselves, like they could get like a Kyle Korver or something. I know I mentioned him for the Jazz, but that that just an just anyone right now that could shoot threes. Yeah, seriously. Could, could suit up in Philly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that was fun. Uh, so I think that just about wraps up our show here. Uh, thank you, Justin, for joining us, obviously. Um, yeah, no problem. Uh, Jace, as always, producing and jumping in from time to time. He stayed the whole show today. Isaiah and Sean, we missed you. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. This has been the Posting Up Podcast. Tuesday at 5 o'clock. Catch us live.